Are you ready? Ready. Last off. This is the PowerShell Podcast. PowerShell Podcast. And now, here's your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Hey everybody, welcome back to the PowerShell Podcast. Uh, I'm Jordan. I'm kind of here with living legend, Andrew Plaw. And uh, today our, our guest is Phil Bossman, which I'm excited. We we, uh, we got to chat a bit on Summit earlier this year. And I, I'm looking forward to recapping just all, all PowerShell. All PowerShell. That's it. We're going to recap it all. We're going to wrap it up in one hour. Then we go. We're good to go. There'll actually be no need for PowerShell after this episode because we will have covered it all. There you go. Well, what was the title of our last one? Uh, learn our podcast in a month of lunch. I guess we're taking it to the next level here. <laughs> there you go. Within one hour. There you go. Or I don't know. How long are we going to talk for? Well, as long as we need. That, that, that is up to you. Usually so about gonna, over an hour. Kind of like let it, let it roll. Let it roll. Until you guys don't want to listen to me anymore. Or I don't want to listen to you. And I just hit exit. See, I, I can't imagine that's gonna that's gonna happen because I, I was gonna try to you know put this in naturally, but I'm just gonna shoehorn it in from Summit in the morning when everyone's waking up and exhausted because we we over imbibed. You would come in from a hiking trip or some sightseeing trip, and, and you just you just went out there. You experienced everything while everyone else was still just trying to wake up. It was impressive to watch. So it was it was definitely uh, an exciting thing for for Summit being, you know, somebody who came from the East Coast. And so I've born and raised on the East Coast my whole life and uh, actually it's not Florida. But then the idea of lived in North Carolina. And so living, um, coming to North Carolina and really seeing and getting out in the outdoors, but then the opportunity to go to Washington State. And that's a whole nother, you know, outdoor hiking type that that there was. And so when I went out there, I knew that I definitely wanted to go and explore the area well enough. And I have some friends, you know, from the PowerShell community who are out there, you know, John Janelle, and I was like, I've got to sit down with you. You're going to tell me where I'm going to go because you live around here, you know where to go. And basically every morning I get up at, you know, four o'clock in the morning because it's still seven o'clock to me. It's seven o'clock. So I'm out the door by 4.30 and I'm out on the trail by five and I'm having a good old time. We're done by six, drive back. To, and so I'm going out. So it's one thing to be like, oh, how far did you go? Did you go for a little walk by the by the hotel? I'm like, no, man, I've been driving for an hour to get out of the city. And so that was the best part about it. Is I like somebody's like, oh, how far do you want to go? I'm like, how far can I go? Like, I, I got a rental. Where, how far are we going? And so it was a really blast to go to uh, Snoqualmie Falls. I went to Snoqualmie Falls. I went to Snoqualmie Pass. So I went and saw snow. So I went to a fault waterfall the first day. Uh, so I went to the mountain pass where it was still snowing. Uh, the second day, went to a water, uh, no, the lighthouse the third day. And then I went to uh, another uh, waterfall with uh, Yap Brasser on the, the fourth day. By that time, I was like, he's like, hey, man, I hear you're going to these things. Can I come? Say, be at the hotel by 5 a.m. and we'll go. So it was a blast. That, that doesn't surprise me that the, the person that dives in is like, I want to go experience stuff was, was Yap. Yeah. That, that seems like the, uh, the exact person. Uh, so are, are you going to be able to attend this, this next summit? If so, are we going to have like a whole, like a excursion? Go, there will definitely be a round two, 2.0 of let's go find out where we can go. Cause some people are like, Hey, you could really go out there. And I'm like, all right, let's go. I just need more places. And I still now, even in my, you know, starring places in my Google maps, like, okay, here's all the places I didn't go 
because I just didn't get there because it was only four days. It's as many as I can do. So you're undecided if you're attending as of yet? Uh, yeah, so far. I don't know. I'm, I guess at this point we're, hey, I got, I, I'm getting those uh, little little reminders in here. Hey, you can submit. Hey, there's a CFP you can submit to. And so I'm in that mode of like, eh, maybe I'll submit. But I also enjoy the fact when, when I went there, and I might do that again, is to go become an attendee, but also help again like I did last year with um, the lighting demos. Because we do lighting demos enough in my group or my, my group or the group we, we support for so long. And the idea of just encouraging people to give back to the community and basically sharing with what you have. And I think I talked a lot about it in, in the conference itself. And so if you had to be there in order to hear my little spiel about it, but if you join any of our PowerShell groups when you do it, is we really want to encourage people to um, share the value that you bring. Like some people like, oh, I'm just kind of brand new kind of this stuff. Like, But if you sit down and talk to somebody for five minutes and say, tell me what you did today. What was the last thing you did? And then I'd say, actually, never. So far, it's been 100%. Is somebody would tell me about what they did today. I'm like, you know what? That's pretty interesting. Can you tell me what you did? Show me that code. Show me what you did. Like, oh, I was doing like, I've never done it that way because everybody brings their own value to the whole process is that, oh, you're just an exchange admin and you're doing something like this. Or other guys are just, hey, I'm dealing with this stuff, but I really have some really, really old stuff. So now I've used PowerShell to build a uh, batch file that would then reach out that I could do that. I'm like, you're doing batch with PowerShell? Like, well, tell me how that happens. And so that, that was the craziest thing. Some of the things we did. Is we had a lunch with somebody who's like, oh, I'm not sure I want to do it. He had three calls and talk and talk three talks inside of him. And it's like it was just amazing. Just like, dude, how do you not you could you could do three, four thoughts? So it was just amazing. And I think that's what I really enjoyed about Summit is is that engaging with others and just finding out what they're doing because they they all have so much value inside of them. So it's interesting. When it comes to, like, to submit, because I'm I'm very much in the camp of I don't have anything to add. I mean, we we've all heard my my negativity. It's it's becoming famous at this point. Mm-hmm. But the worst case scenario is you go to submit something and it says, "Oh, there's a better way to do this," and then I'm still learning something. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's it's all across the board wins. Well, I think part of that is not so much there's a better way to do it. It's this is this this is a different way to do it. And to that other point is it solved your problem where you were. Now, if you are looking for efficiency, well, you could do it one way. Hey, if you're looking for true like speed and efficiency at that point, well, oh, you might need to drop all the way down to C-sharp and write your own C-sharp module. Like, all right, well, that's fine too. But all I need to do is, you know, sort through, you know, user lists and then give me the parse out. That's the best way to do it. Or it's exactly where it is because also those steps in the middle are also that learning process for you. Like I oftentimes try to, when I'm like helping somebody else and I'm like, here's the data, I'm like, I'm gonna give you back the script that I used to build all of this and try and say, here's here's the here's what I think is, is the lesson that, that I don't think that you understand at this point. And so this idea of, hey, here's here's some data and then I'm gonna do some, some argument completion in the middle. Or you know what, I'm going to do, um, constructed variables at that point. So if you're not, not sure for familiar with that, is that you can do like select object, you know, like star, but then add your own properties in line and then just keep piping down the road. And so many people are like, oh, maybe throw it to a file, maybe do some manipulation instead of Excel, it's all the pipeline, just let it all go. 
Because then I'll do it for like one or two objects and go, okay, once I figure it out for one or two, I'll do it for all of them. And so that's one of those things that not a lot of people use as much as I, I think that they can use them. So that's far as PowerShell is concerned. And you're talking about calculated properties? Did I, yeah. Did I say calculated properties? I think it's you said variables or something, but yeah. I think you said constructed, which is something. But, but no, I, I love... I love those, um, to be honest, like to use select object to expand things in such a cool, creative way with expressions even um, mm -hmm. is really cool. Oh, it's, it's yeah, with, but it's really the magic of it's any code you want to put inside of there. And so there's, there's not even just expressions of manipulating because a lot of times what I'll do is I'll actually throw in another command that go gets me information. So something I actually wrote a couple of days ago or actually yesterday was this idea of go get me the groups. And they gave me the from there and then do an AD group lookup and a subset of that. So it actually became like three or four pipes inside of the expression itself. So effectively, I wanted to break it all apart. So I was, it took a long time because every single object came through. I was going to do another call back to AD to get me all these values for the user. But then, all right, do the next one. And so it just became this really long thing, but it all in one line gave me all the data I was looking for. So calculated properties was the first time I ran into. Uh, I it turns out what I wanted was calculated properties, but I didn't even know what to Google to get started mm -hmm. on how to learn it. Yeah, and uh, I ended up getting there by I just asked a developer, "How would you do X in in uh, in C sharp?" And they broke it down, and it kind of got me down on the path to find it. But calculated property, I love them, but it was something where I could find no information on it because I didn't even know what to search for. So yeah. I know they're powerful, but man, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, and that's why I usually like to point it out, going like, here's what you're, you know, I know what you're trying to get to, or did you know you can get to this really easily? And like to your point is that it's not something that's very dis discoverable. Like PowerShell is truly discoverable in so many different ways of like the health systems and, you know, the get member of all of that stuff that you can, it's really, you ask it, it'll give you some detail back. But some of those other like calculated properties, there's not really a good way to, to find that part. You have to kind of know it's there and then, construction beyond it you know one great way to know about it is to be listening right now and you can <laughs> check it out help about underscore calculated underscore properties and there's a lot of awesome content in there to kind of get you started if you're not really familiar with what we're talking about since it is kind of a audio thing um, check out calculated properties they're super sweet and in my opinion they're one of the many tools at your disposal in powershell that are really creative and powerful and when you kind of learn them and in, in use them enough to make them so they're kind of accessible in your mind somewhat easily. You can do some really fun things, um, powerful, but also like to be able to construct them is really enjoyable. It kind of reminds me of that talk um, about Code Golf at last year's summit. The, the Code Golf, that was the one where I didn't attend that one. And everyone, when you talk to them, was like, oh, it's been your favorite session. Everyone brought up the Code Golf. I'm, I'm still disappointed that I missed that one. Oh, it was good. Is the recent one that I just didn't, I didn't see it at all? Or was it too oh, long? Wow. Yeah. So I think yeah. it was uh, Ke Kevin Marquette. Oh, that's Marquette. correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's running that one. And he just, he made, I think he just did it live where he made it as contentious as possible. Did it go, but everyone that attended it, glowing praise. And yeah. I actually, I'm going to go back and watch it on YouTube now. Some of the it's value that I think with some of the code golf is finding the, those edge cases of things you could do with it. But, you know, personally, I don't really like code golf because I don't really. That hey, we're going to make it really small, so like, but then it's unreadable and it's, un, it's unusable as far as I'm concerned. But the practices of trying to understand that what parts are needed and what parts are not, it's just valuable. But that's just for me to be this. I'm like an engineer at heart. I want to see how it works. 
you know, what, what's, what's happening, like what's under the covers. It's because then it helps me move the next stage of, hey, you, I, you know what? I think there is a way to do something like that. And then you go hunting for that kind of like calculated properties. Very cool. Now, earlier, I don't think we gave you the proper uh, introduction you deserve, my friend. Um, no. In my opinion, you're a very deserving MVP recipient, um, although you haven't received it yet from my understanding. But no. I, I, you're out there uh, in these in this community. Uh, you mentioned earlier a group that you're involved with. That is the RTP SUG. If you want to tell us a little bit about that, because that is a, a group that I often recommend people who are into getting into more of the PowerShell community check out. Yeah, we call it RTP SUG. Research Triangle PowerShell User Group. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like this thing, RTP, and we're living in the uh, Research Triangle Park area. So it kind of rolls off the tongue. So we call it RTP SUG versus, you know, RTPSUG. So some people call it that, but we call it RTP SUG. It just rolls off our tongues a lot better than that form. But Research Triangle PowerShell User Group, it is a group that's been around many, many years. Um, when I moved to the Raleigh area, I decided like I want to get involved with the user group and um, got involved and then was just an active member. And then eventually the guy who was running the group, uh, Dan Chase, basically said, I, I, I got a new job. I'm doing some other stuff. I can't do this anymore. And then I took it over and then was running the group for myself, well, by myself for like two years. And it was one of those things where it was just like me and six people. And then eventually it kind of grew and then grew and then grew. And so as far as in meetup is concerned, we're the largest, you know, PowerShell use group in the country or actually I think in the world, but as far as PowerShell group on meetup, um, typically have, you know, attendees of anywhere between 50 to hundred people in a meeting. We also meet twice a month. We actually, so doing that, we, I say the we, cause it's a collective, you know, one of the things that's really valuable or, uh, unique about the PowerShell user group is that we are a group of people. And so Mike Anakis and a couple other you know members, Mike and I really kind of keep it all together. And then there's people who come and go. And so um, it's just really Mike and I at this point um, who basically keep it running. But the point being that uh, a group kind of keeps it together so that you don't have this the burnout that other seems, groups seem to have. Or if you just don't have the time for it, other people can pick up and, and keep things going. And in doing that, we a couple of years ago, right before, actually, it was really good timing for us with the um, PowerShell user group is that um, we had enough topics that we said, okay, what are we going to try and plan for every year? And so we want to do, hey, lightning talks, you know, at least twice a year. Well, that's of a meeting of six, 12 meetings a, a year. Well, that's two of them that's pull out. And then how many meetings can we get? We get 12. We, we have so much content or we feel that there's enough content out there that we needed to do two, twice a month. So the first Wednesday of the month, and now it's the third Wednesday of the month. And we started doing that. And we wanted to engage with other people who are remote so we could get some, some European speakers. We can get some West Coast, East Coast people. And so we started doing earlier for the first Wednesday of the month and then, the, then our local meetings. So we do a virtual meeting the first Wednesday of the month. And the third Wednesday is going to be a local meeting. And then when COVID happened, we just, all right, everything's virtual. And then now that, you know, COVID is kind of taking, you know, slightly a back, back door now, we've started putting back our in, in person now. So I think it's been our fourth in person now, uh, at least post COVID. And so we just met yesterday and uh, had a great time. Uh, had somebody talk about DBHX and DBA tools. So using DBA tools to, to build DBHX to check that stuff. So that was last night's meeting. And uh, Tracy Bogiano did a great job with that. 
but it was a local meeting, but we still have people joining remotely. And then next week or two weeks again, come join us, RTP SOG on Meetup. We have our own uh, webpage. Our YouTube channel is huge just because we have well over 120 videos of what meetings we posted. And so that's also a unique thing is like the content we provide is basically a user group meeting. And it's not this, you know, canned presentation of, hey, here's somebody's giving it. This is a free form discussion. Somebody is talking to the audience and the audience is talking back to them. So you hear, you know, it's almost like this podcast thing, people having conversations with each other. And so that's one of the things that I really enjoy about the, the, the user group is that we really get this engagement with the, the speaker and the community, the community, but the audience is engaging back to the speaker itself. And we try to engage them as well. And that's one of the things we, I think, sets us apart from the other groups is that we have that engagement. We'll, like, I absolutely, you'll, if you've seen all our videos, you'll always hear, probably hear me just asking questions from the audience. Or, you know, we try and engage the speaker as well as we can, but also engage the audience going, is, it, is everybody falling asleep here? What, what can we ask the audience? But then also, is if the speaker is kind of dragging along, we kind of lead them where they need to go and kind of like they're just rambling. Like I feel like I am doing right now, but that's how we go. So a, a lot of the work uh, you did that is why you were able to, I guess, step right in to help with Summit last year because it was all yeah, it, a, a similar fill, just maybe grander scale. I, I actually wouldn't say grander scale. It's just it's a, it's a different scale. It's the same, you know, 50, 60, 100 people that we're talking to, but instead of talking to everybody virtually, it's everybody in this room. And so here it is. And that's also the value is that to engage with those people and have them believe in themselves well enough to, you know, I'm going to stand up and, and have this talk. So we had 18, you know, back to the summit. So we had 18, you know, speakers. So that's phenomenal. Just that. And they, they, they went the gambit as far as what was there. And so that's also, if you're not willing to, or a, a reason to go to summit is that you could get the speakers, but you're also going to get these gems and nuggets of people that are just in the community itself. These are people who are, you know, sitting next to you and going, man, that guy did a phenomenal job or he's working on this stuff for like HP sand stuff. And this other guy is doing, you know, what was somebody else did? Uh, I think Jonathan did. Oh, here's how he's interfacing with uh, the local power company to figure out what his, you know, proper power usage is. I'm like, dude, like it's just fun stuff that people are just tweaking. So it's fun. It's very cool. I've, Again, like I was mentioning earlier, uh, been a fan of the RTP SUG for a while. Definitely what you all do is very awesome. I think that um, there was a while ago, a couple of years probably, when I really noticed that things, there was a lot more marketing, a lot more, it seemed, I don't know if it was actual consistency, but it just seemed like all of a sudden this RTP SUG was this very reliable, consistent quality group you could kind of go to, um, which is a very nice thing because it can be very hard to keep running a user group and be consistent with it. Um, mm -hmm. So kudos to you for finding a formula that works. Well, it's it's well, not a coincidence that so many failed during COVID, but yours kept going strong because I think COVID destroyed a lot of the meetups we had going on out there for PowerShell. So mm -hmm. uh, every everything you're doing, I mean, it has to be, you, you're clearly doing it right. That's why you had a breakout session, I think, at Summit where you got a chance to talk to people that are looking to start their own, which... Yeah, yeah. And we're we're also... The reason we, you know, we're using or... The reason we do this is because of our, our, our passion to engage the community and get the community to participate. And so 
that that whole part is like, hey, I want to engage you and get the value that, that I feel is inside of you is you have information inside of you that can talk about PowerShell, but you also have a passion just like I do that can encourage others to, to do the same. And so be it, you know, hey, do a presentation, be it start a user group. And so we want to encourage that just as much as that, because there's content that, you know, there's value you can bring, even if you don't want to speak. Hey, I can just coordinate a meeting. Like that's all I need to do. I just want to be that 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 bright light for everybody to come. And so I know, you know, you guys have kind of started some of that as well. But you know, I think one of the fun things when the first time I met you, Andrew, was actually at PowerShell in the River, and you were like, "Hey, I'm doing this thing. I really want to get this, you know, thing working in, in Gainesville. How do you guys do it?" And I'm like, "You just start one." And that's also the thing. And I think one of the messages that I remember having a conversation with you about was serve the audience that you that that you have. And so if somebody comes to your meeting and says, "Hey, this is I'm here, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm I'm a newbie." Like you have to serve that person. But then, you know, when when everybody leaves, you go, "Oh, I want to make this even better." Well, who do you need to serve and what do you need to do in that meeting? You need to serve that person who's there. You need to encourage them need to 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 meet their needs so that they will come back. Right? It doesn't mean to like, hey, we need to create some great speakers and all that kind of stuff, but we have a bunch of newbies. Like that's but also that reverse. Like, but if you have a bunch of newbies, you also want to encourage them and meet them where they are. And especially because I think we I spoke about where we spoke about this in the past in one point was that one of the the I think the values that we've done, especially when we were in person, was we'd have that that intro kind of, you know, talk of, hey, everybody come together, we can eat for half an hour, and then we'll have our speaker talk, and then we're kind of hang out for a little bit, and then everybody goes home. But during that, like, 30 minutes before and the 30 minutes after we talk is, I want to get around the room and talk to everybody, even in our existing, if you come to an RTP sub meeting, like, we, we expressly want this 30 minutes ahead of time, and we want to engage with everybody. We want this to be this, this fun banter between people, because that is where we can connect with people. And where I was trying to go with this topic was one of the points is, is I will engage with the people who are in the room and find out, hey, well, this guy over here is an exchange admin and this guy over there is a SQL guy. But they don't necessarily know each other well enough. But hey, if you're looking for this and or the reverse of, hey, the SQL guy is doing this other stuff. But hey, did you know that that some of the work that you're doing in the SQL can, can certainly help this guy who, who's over here who's in AD? And so in understanding your audience and understanding where you can meet your audience where they are. And I think one of the other good examples, if you're trying to run a user group, is to understand who your audience is. And so if you have a bunch of, if you, if you understand them well enough and you know that you have some people who aren't completely familiar with some of the topics you're there, is that you can take, you know, we've many times come into a meeting and actually stop the presenter going, all right, can, can we just stop for a second? Does everybody understand what the heck you just did right there, you know? Where, where are we here? And so to really not so much hold back the, the presenter, but make sure that the audience is with the presenter and not just running along. Because a lot of times, especially if you're like a virtual, you have no interaction between the audience. And so I feel it's my role in as a, as a leader and a, and a user group organizer is to, is to feel the pulse of the audience, especially when it's virtual, where you can't really, we're engaging, especially in chat with, engaging them so that we can pause or we can supplement the content that's actually being presented by the the presenter and we can bring that to the surface and say hey we got questions here and 
some people like I'm just there. Other people are just aren't aren't really interested in having some of those. Hey, I can't ask that question. I'm like, I got no problem. The question is, uh, la, 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 la. like, I'll ask it from my voice instead of, you know, oh, Bill was asking for the following. Like, no. So that's uh, something that I never <laughs> thought of because uh, the, the balance of new versus advanced content, uh, there's going to be most people, I think, that aren't comfortable I- interrupting since, you know, in their mind, they're there, there to listen. So having someone who's, I don't want to say enthusiastic is the wrong one, but willing to step in and make sure that everyone is getting the full value from it is incredible. It never even crossed my mind when you know, I was busy failing at my my user group. It sounds like what you're really doing is helping facilitate communication when people aren't willing to, or, or there's not really great ways to do that in most people's eyes. When you know they could post in the chat, but sometimes it feels forced, or they could unmute, but not quite comfortable enough to do that yet. That's one area I can definitely uh, improve at in my meetings. I try and ask questions as we go, but um, from your example right there, it sounds like I should be a little bit more all hands on deck. Let's get talky, not just me asking questions here, kind of proactively get people involved. Yeah. And I think one is if you are the presenter and, or you are the, the, the organizer and it's an in-person thing, you should be also watching, not like you should be, but you should be watching the audience. And, And so like, if you get some people, I'm just going to ask a stupid question. I know the answer to this question. And so we, in like in, in like kind of a group chat with the leaders, sometimes we're asking, hey, give me a question that I need to ask. I'm looking for something. I got nothing yet. So I, I'm just looking for some random question that I can just break this this down and and so that we can ask a question that like, hey, find a stupid answer. Not like a stupid question, but it's it's a question that, that we think that the the audience would basically break that ice. And, but then the reverse of just, not having, you know, I remember when I was even at work and, you know, doing a town hall meeting. Someone's like, oh my God, what about this? I'm like, hey, let me ask this question. Like, I have no problem. Like, that's also part of my personality. Like, I have no shame. I, I'm I'm the social butterfly. I'll walk up and talk to anybody. So, so at least in that fashion. So I have no problems just walking up to somebody and talking. But the reverse of like, if you have a question and you're not ready to ask it, well, ask the bill over there and he'll ask the question for you. Like, if you want a question answered, go ask that guy and he'll ask you for it. And it, he'll represent that it's his question, not like, uh, what's the follow-up? I'm like, I got nothing yet, but thanks for your answer. So, because it wasn't my question, but I'm happy to ask them and really engage the, the speaker or whoever the presenter is at that moment. See, I've had skills where I felt like we're out of my depth before, but the ability to just take part in a conversation, and that's, I am incredibly jealous of that. That is... That is a skill that everyone would be better off for having, and and I'm 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 jealous. I think you can certainly do it. it, it I certainly everybody who you know kind of says like, oh, I struggle with that. I think one of the the you know actually it's kind of funny. Like I joined at at our uh, my work and like, hey, we're doing Toastmasters. He's like, you're doing Toastmasters. I'm like, yeah, I, I want to learn Toastmasters because I present all the time. But once I get into this, and even this this you know talk right here like okay once i'm in it i'm fine but 20 minutes beforehand and all this prep work i'm like i am like my head's going crazy but once i get into that mode once we sit in front of each other and you're talking then i'm talking here we go bob's your uncle we're just gonna run through this and so i just you know you lose that break you you get beyond your head and so much of that time is just this um like not self-deprecating but just like well am i good enough to have this conversation And, and certainly you are like you are absolutely, and there's, you know, 
keeps, I think I come back to that word is like, there's value inside you. And I'm looking for that gem inside you. And I want to pull that out of you. And each one of you has that. And that's talking to the third chair. I've, I've gone deeper. It's just more negativity. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting with that whole lightning talk thing. You mentioned doing that. I haven't tried that with my group. Um, I guess the concept is just people share and short what they're kind of working on. And it almost sounds like they're sharing that little thing inside of them or one of the things inside of them that they have to show without necessarily having to go into a full talk. Um, do you, how often do you do those for your group? Like what's the kind of cadence? So our cadence is at least twice a year, if not three times a year. And it's, it's expressly this idea. We, we encourage the lightning talk, but it's expressing not to be a talk. And we encourage beyond that, the idea that, this item, this talk, this five minute thing is not even your, you know, you don't, it doesn't have to be your stuff. Hey, I found some script on the internet that I used. I thought it was cool. That here's, I don't know who wrote it. Here's some webpage that I found it on, or here's this article from stack exchange that I found. And, you know, it was kind of cool. Or I do have this thing that I really want to show off, but also we want to try and engage those people to say, if that, if you really think that, you know, you could talk for 20 minutes on it, hold on to that and let's give you let's give you a full platinum for that and then we want to encourage you and let you know um build you up to a full you know 20 minute talk or even a 45 minute talk for for that topic but it is giving those people enough leeway that you know hey it's okay that i'm just going to talk for two minutes and say here's my thing have a good day and then we want to encourage that because also that is the way in which you can learn about your audience as well and I certainly want to do that. So when we have lightning talks, it's, Hey, you know, that guy, Ben over there, he did, he did a really good job. And Oh, he's a, he's a security admin who's dealing with, you know, Stigs. Okay. Well, other thing, you know, he's dealing with security, you know, best practices. Okay. So now I know more about him and I can engage him when I need to talk about security stuff or I need to, he's just a DBA. And I can talk to him about DBA stuff. And then we have those connections. Like even last night, our, we had, four people in the room who were DBAs who came expressly for that. Okay. And then they had these wild talks. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. One thing I've noticed with lightning talks is a lot of it is, well, I don't have a full, full presentation on this. It just a quit, but then they get up there for their two minutes of the presentation and it's never enough time. They have more than they think. And it's only when it's limited that it's like that they don't, they just start to realize they can go, go longer and you, cause they never can cover everything they want to. Well, that's the magic inside them. Once you get them talking, they just don't stop talking. And because they 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 need to get past that, hey, I'm they, they're inside their head. There's this isn't really a value. And then once they start talking, and what usually happens is that some people start asking questions. Oh, why did you do that? Well, that's kind of interesting. And then all of a sudden, 15 minutes, you're like, oh, we need to cut this short. Like that's really where we're at. And that's the that's the magic. And that's what what I really enjoy about especially lightning talks is getting those people who think, oh, I'm just doing this little thing. And then and then it brings them value too, because they're like, oh, you know what? I never thought about that. Like, hey, you're doing that? Like, did you know you could have, you know, used this other module? Did you know that module's out there? I'm like, no, I didn't. All right, well, then we got people in chat sharing, oh, here's this module for this. Here's, you know, the GitHub repo for that. And okay, we're good. So it's fun. I really enjoy it. Yeah, the user groups are awesome. The kind of I, I like the in-person thing a little bit um, with my user group. Whenever we would, we would just do socials where we would just meet up and just talk, just get a big table and there'd be a handful of conversations going on, sharing mm -hmm. what some person's working on. And that is the only time I've been able to kind of recreate that PowerShell summit hallway track feel 
where it's like mm-hmm. you go to the bar and there's every single table has a conversation going at it that's interesting. Um, I think that part of the community is is something that I really enjoy refueling occasionally. Um, I can't go too long without seeing my people. I, I we kind of do that before and after our meetings, so we 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 kind of you know engage some of that stuff. So there are top, yeah. topics at that point, and so I see. I like that. No offense to that, but I'd want to like, show me your code. You're kind of talking about it. I'm like, Oh, that's kind of great. So that's, I had lunch with somebody I'm like, Hey, let's talk about it. I'm like, I'd really like to see that. And so my response is I want to see that at a lightning demo so that I can see the code, show me the code. How do I get the code? You know, or, Oh, I didn't really, I didn't really understand what you were doing there because I didn't really see it in action. Cause sometimes with, with a lot of that stuff, I need to see, Oh, you're passing this data from here to here. And I need to see that data flow. I'm sometimes a visual person. I just don't understand you. Show me the code and you're good to go. Or show me the flow. I'm like, oh, this data turn over here and that. And it's just, oh, there's a table. Yeah, I think you mentioned earlier, you're an engineer at heart and you like seeing the how it works. And those kind of tabletop conversations are more like introducing you to concepts or like, hey, have you heard of this? Rather than let's really get into this. Yeah. Um, You're nudging people to go and do their own engineering instead of uh, showing them under the hood, I guess. Yeah. I think the, the engineer part is more of, of figuring out how it works and where I kind of say with that, and, and I think part of my comment before or what I've had with other people is this idea of some people, even in IT, are doing like, not that it's just a job, but it's, it's that I need to solve this problem and that's it. Hey, I needed this answer. Hey, I need to do this report. But where did the report come from? Like, hey, did you know you could also, instead of just somebody gave me a CSV file, but oh, well, you know what? I can actually run a, a SQL query and get the data raw. I don't need to wait for that intermediate part. So if I understand where your what the flow is, like what's your final objective? You're, you know, this idea of, hey, I need, I need to take this CSV that got dumped here by some other process and I need to massage the data and then I'm going to take it into Excel and I'm going to make these tables and I'm going to email these reports. You just created a flow and going, hey, I can, this line of code, we'll go pull the data from SQL potentially, or some whatever data set you're talking about, talk to this REST API, and then, hey, you can massage the data, that's two more lines of code, and then you have this other line of code that's going to do some, like, an Excel, you know, stuff, you can do import Excel, build your report, and then the last line of code is just an email. Okay, so understanding the entire flow, their their first reaction is going, hey, I need to just be able to export out of AD. What were you trying to do? What was the big picture? What was the more... What was the major objective and to do that? And some people are just, I just need to export Excel. That's all I need to do. And can you help me with this piece of code? Like, what were you really trying to do? And that's what I like. That's the engineer inside of me. That's the the, the tinkerer that wants to, you know, get beyond the question. So, so many times people would, would come up and say, hey, how do I do this? I'm like, well, what's your real problem? Tell me what you're trying to do. And not that I'm trying to like have power over you, that it's, you're doing it wrong or whatever, but this idea that, like, I don't think you're asking, sounds, I, I, I always have a hard time with this idea. It's like, I don't think you're asking the right question, but I don't want to offend them by saying, I don't think you're asking the right question. Like, you're, you're not asking the right question at this point in time. If that's what you're really trying to do, I want to help you get to there over there. Or we, I do have that conversation with some people, like, there's no offense. And they under, they, I've worked with them enough that they understand there's no offense in, in, these, in these discussions going, what are you really trying to do? And let me help you get there. And they've understood and we've worked well enough where they will ask the questions in the way that I'm like, don't give me the answer. 
you know, it's that whole adage, you know, teach me to fish and don't give me the fish. But then sometimes it's, it's, I'm going to, I'm not necessarily going to teach you to fish. I'm going to show you how to go to get a fishing pole. You're going to then go figure out how to fish. You're going to figure out how to fish, but I'm going to give you the tools in order to go figure out how to fish. And so from there, then they go, oh, now I can get some fish and I can understand this idea of, hey, now I have all the tools. Now I need to figure out how to use those tools and do that. And so that gives them a sense of accomplishment and pride going, hey, I figured out the tools so that I can then go and properly fish. And then once I properly fish, then you go, then you come back and go, hey, you can fish. Well, now you're just fishing for, you know, like freshwater bass. But hey, you can take those same skills and now you can go deep, deep water fishing and go pull out your marlin. Going, Holy mackerel, I got a marlin. Like, yeah, but only after you figured out how to catch a, you know, big mouth bass. And now you can then take those skills out and go catch a shark. We went from uh, bass to marlins to mackerels to sharks. Yeah. We're getting all the we're getting all the sea life out here. No, I, I think you use that that's an expression a while ago, just you know, the idea of giving you a fishing pole. I, I like I want to give you a fishing pole. I don't want to teach you to fish. I want to give you the tools to fish, but I don't want to tell you how to fish because even that's a skill itself. Yeah. When you dive in deeper like that, even for something that is on its surface a simple task, you are building up a, a tool set to make future code. It, it gets easier and easier to dive deep and get, I guess, more uh, tailored to your needs as you write code. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned it, this earlier, but it's the XY problem. And it's a, a communication problem encountered in help desk, uh, technical support, whatever, um, where the question is about an end user's attempted solution rather than the root problem itself. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, kind of getting the bigger context and seeing it. And so where were you in your engineer journey or kind of understanding things and getting hands-on and really like you said, kind of understanding the full context of a problem and how something's supposed to work. And you know, how did PowerShell play along with that? Because for me, PowerShell was instrumental in me actually understanding things, actually getting to like query the thing as it's happening and watch it. And then, you know, what was PowerShell's role in that for you? PowerShell's role in that for me, like I'm not sure. It was just another tool. Like I I have a engineering background. Like I was an engineer, like, like in college, I have a computer engineering degree. And so we're really, you know, if you're not familiar with computer engineering, it's basically computer science and electrical engineering put together. And so it's the same, you know, hey, we took coding classes, but we also did, you know, circuit design and, you know, building a motherboard and from scratch. So it's that meld together. So it's that engineering, it's that figure things out, but then it's also that, hey, can you write code and you can figure things out from a logical perspective. So it's that that part of, of understanding the circuits itself. And so putting that together, but so let's come back out to how PowerShell, it's just another tool at that point. And so um, you in, in, in the pre-work, you kind of like, hey, some questions. And so I thought about one of those questions in the regard of like, how did you get started? Or, you know, I've heard some of the podcasts and like, hey, how did you get kind of started with it? And PowerShell just became a really good tool to, to achieve what I wanted to accomplish. And I, and, let me give a little background on what that really means. So when I was when I was younger and I went in when I was in college, I hey I'm, we're doing software design and hey we 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 learned some stuff and hey we're doing um it was we were teaching um, we were taught Java so I'm like okay but I, my father had a company and he he had a problem where he had to you know import data sets from one thing so he did appliance parts and his thing was hey I got to take all the entire you know price list 
So 150,000, you know, price points and then make a, like a pricing catalog from that. All right. So I wrote this thing in Java and it took like 15, 20 minutes to run this, to process 150,000 records. Like, okay. That's pretty good. Pretty good. And then like two semesters later, I figured, you know, the professor, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to do this in, in, in bash or actually using, um, filtering applications using like said and awk, like actually applications where they're designed strictly for filtering data. So I rewrote the thing and rewriting that thing that took 15 minutes because I wrote it in Java and like, here, here's classes and it was, it was great. I loved it. And then 15 minutes to 17 seconds. So like, holy freaking crap. I'm now processing 150,000 records in 17 seconds. I'm like, so at the, it was like that light bulb came going, I just need the right tool. And so coming circle all the way back now is that PowerShell became that tool for me is that I want to be able to do things at scale. And so I know you didn't even ask this question, but PowerShell was my way to do things at scale. And my first big problem with PowerShell that I was actually, why it was like really turned that magic on for me was I was working at a hospital system at that point and we were in the IT department and uh, I was a server admin at that point too. But the point is like you log into hundreds and hundreds of servers and then your, your password reset every 90 days. So now you start locking your computer. Like what computer on, on the hundreds of computers are out there did I lock my computer on? Did I, my account is still logged in somewhere, locking my account. I don't know where. So I keep getting lockouts. So found this thing called PowerShell that I could go remotely figure out where, where I'm logged in. And so, hey, I got the entire AD. I know exactly the OUs I'm looking for. So I went, boom, go find me all the machines that I'm currently logged into. And boom, now, now I know how to un, you know, go log off to those computers. And that was the first thing that I was like, oh, this is golden. And then later on, like, hey, I want to parse event logs. And so I actually had a talk many years ago about you know parsing event logs. And so that was part of that. It was like that first nugget for me for using PowerShell at scale to go look at event logs across the environment. It's just really magical. We have one that's pretty commonly used that looks through the logs for logon events. So you can mm -hmm. see the last person to log into a machine uh, mm -hmm. is kind of a power. And it's uh, that one is very small. You're looking for a very specific ID. You could get pretty... I think you, you could do some pretty cool things with logs if you spend the time. It's just the, the hard part for that one is understanding where the log writes and, and how it, and I guess how to pull the data out you're looking for. Yeah. And so actually, you know, self self-promotion is there is a talk called um, querying event logs like a boss or working with event logs like a boss, because that was me giving a talk to Mr. Bossman. And so there, and one of the points is like, I query event logs, but when you're especially, and so here's another nugget too. So if you're doing with Windows event logs is that Windows event logs are, you can, there are, they are, there's a, a form structure. They have their own structure, but they also can be parsed in XML. Well, if you're, if you're familiar with the PowerShell, you know, you can deal with XML very easily. And so we've, I then figured out, Hey, I can then custom build my XML queries based upon what I want. And so, like you said, hey, you need to know the event ID that you're looking for. Well, also in that event ID, also event ID is, well, the user itself. And also what, you know, thing we're talking for. So I can then say, hey, I can pass in a variable that says, here's the type of event I'm looking for. So that equates back out to an event ID. And then here's the user ID I'm looking for. But also inside that event is not the user ID, it's the GUID. So, all right, so you give me a user ID. Well, I know how to make a GUID out of that. Once I have a GUID, I can then pass it to the text part. And so now I can query the event logs for just that one user. Like, don't tell me the last time that Bill Smith has logged into any one of these servers. 
it'll query the event logs, and now it's just for Bill Smith, or the reverse of different types of events. So one of the things that we also wrote is this idea of, hey, I want to get these seven event types. So I know when he's logged in, when he's logged out, when he disconnected, when he reconnected, like all of those. And then I can make my own custom object on top of that. So some of those kind of things, like where I'm talking, is like this idea of breaking those individual components down. And then I can really make uh, like a process out of this. So I want to see when somebody logged in, but also tell me when they logged off. When did they disconnect? How long did it take to disconnect? Or is he still logged in right now? Well, there's no disconnect event. There's no log off event. So he's still there, you know? And so you can use all those events all in one flow. So it's interesting. I'll snag that and put that in the show notes. <laughs> you said that was the RTP SUG talk? That was uh, the PowerShell Saturday talk. There's a uh, event logs like a boss. So there's, it's, it's, I'll find the, the link. And I'll no, I see it. it. Event logs. Learn to search like a boss in PowerShell. Learn to search like a boss. I knew it was something mm. with a boss. I didn't know it was from the PowerShell Saturday. There is an earlier version, which is even worse. That that is was for the group, but I redid that group for did that talk for the Saturday. I think that's a better presentation of it. I think eventually I'll probably redo it again and kind of twenty two five, you know, or maybe summit twenty twenty three. I enjoy your your last name lends itself to such awesome titles. Mine's like a, a ham and cheese. Ham and eggs. There's no, there's no, there's no greatness coming out of my last name. So what, if if we ever go drinking again, I'll tell you the full re, re But but actually, my last name Bossman is actually a constructed name. So it was. Um, I say constructed is that it was something else at one point, and then he came across Ellis Island, and they said, "What's your name?" All right, well, it's Bossman. All right. <laughs> so he wasn't a Bossman until he actually came through Ellis Island. I, I think that's a pretty common, uh, pretty common tell for people when they first get here. Yeah. They become somebody else, or at least you know try and re-identify re re themselves. You know, start anew, and so it's a kind of fun story. I guess I'm the only one here with an onomatopoeia for last name, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You know, eh, we'll take one of these letters and that letter. That's enough. We don't need any more. Throw them in there. Maybe my answers just came through as like you like sandwiches, huh? Well, then my my mother's main name. It's like it's a whole thing, and so you know people do their their. Uh, genealogy and there's like 18 different spellings of that name because back when they had it like nobody knew how to spell like oh it sounds like this i'm like okay and so it's kind of funny i have a third cousin who's in the nhl and so if you know he's i think he's for the the golden knights right now but uh marcia so so my mother's mission but and he spells it slightly off but it's the same family there's but marcia so daniel marcia so i think he is or yeah, he he came over in the expansion draft just a couple of years ago for yeah, me. He was for the Lightning for a while, and yeah, then now he's for the Knights. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, surprising that like when he went over there, he was. I remember for an expansion team, I'm probably going way off the rails here. The, the, the contract was bigger than you expected a team to take, but Vegas went weird with it the whole way. They just took players, and he, especially year one, where they're the surprise almost down the cup, they, he was crushing it. Yeah, he's really great. But yeah, he's like a third cousin or something. But he's from that line of you know, and there's so many different versions of that name. But uh, they're all from the same descendants and same farm in you know, northern in Canada, French Canadians. Interesting. Well, right, now we're doing genealogy. We're going way off now. I, I, I got I, something to bring us back here. Okay, I'd <laughs> like, see what you got. I Good mean, luck. so you know, we're talking about CFPs. We mentioned Summit earlier. CFPs are open. If you've never submitted before. Like Phil said, there's a nugget inside of you that you can share. There's some story. There's some problem you've solved. Definitely um, 
submit a talk. It's okay if it's not selected, but uh, maybe it will be. Maybe it'll be something awesome. Maybe you'll make some new friends, learn some new stuff. Give it a try. We encourage you. Well, certainly encourage you to, you know, if you are can take that, you know, hey, I want to submit, is that if you're, you know, hey, I want to submit, there are other user groups that you can submit to. And you can come to a user group. We've had people, actually, last night's meeting was she wanted to do that talk for like a SQL group. But she did that talk for us because it's PowerShell related. And then she's going to redo it. So you could, for, you know, certainly, hey, I'm going to do this talk for Summit, but then I'm also going to do it somewhere else to kind of, you know, wet my whistle and kind of prep for it and going, is this really good enough? And we're happy to, you know, take you and even um, encourage you. But there's also other groups that, you know, would happen to, you know, have I think the uh, Gainesville group would be happy to have you, you know, do a virtual talk. And uh, there are other groups out there in New York still doing groups. So Mike, uh, Doug Fink's doing good. Yeah. We're not the only ones out there, so. Yeah. And if you're not ready for the whole give a talk thing, whatever is the next challenge that you're ready to push your limits, whether that be, even if it's just asking more questions at the user groups you attend, um, you know, definitely while we're all growing here together, take your next step as we're taking our next step. Um, as we're talking with people in the community who are taking their next step, you know, join us in this growth process if you are not currently doing that. So. Amen. I don't know. I feel like we're, I was talking about my, my struggles to submit in just last week's episode and they were like, everyone else do it. Like, I, I guess <laughs> I, I, I struggle, man. I'm really painting myself into a corner here. I'm going to have to. <laughs> well, you know, you know, we can even talk later on, but the idea is like, if you were going to do a talk, what would you do a talk on? High level, thousand foot view, ten thousand foot view. And and but that's Performance? where that's Nothing? where I struggle. Well, it's I I have a, a thing where once I've written something in PowerShell, my mind switches to since I've done it, everybody can do it. And mm -hmm. I so I never come up with an idea of oh this would be great to talk about because once I've done it, my mind shuts off that it has value for others. It's stuff that I need to work through on mine, but it's I'm sure there's something I could talk about. I just need to figure out well, what really it is. That point is, you know, to the encouragement of, and especially to third chair of, you know, hey, there's something there is that you've then done it. And so because you thought there was something for you to learn there, that there are hundreds of people who think that that is, they can learn something there from it. And you will give your own take on that exact process. And so it's this idea of like, because let's go back even to my event log talk, not because that's anything, but I've had people come like, hey, I like that, but I'm trying to do it this way. And so it brought them further down that path. Or, you know, there's even people have done, hey, you did this. I was doing something completely different because another guy wrote a module that, that instead of going the event IDs, he said, hey, here, go give me log on events. So he kind of turned it around the other way go get me these type of events and so it's the other way he i wasn't i i mine was more of understanding the structure like go get me this tool versus you know go get me that that object so it was interesting but you certainly have that and so like even just what are you working on you're going hey that might be an interesting topic not so much that i feel like i can bring value to it is you absolutely can but the idea that hey you did it so you, you, you can talk to it and that's all you need. You need to be able to, you know, talk to something that you think is about. And when you, when you kind of commit to it, you're going to actually learn it a ton more better because you're going to put some pressure on yourself. You're going to learn it and you're going to, oh, I didn't know about that. I'm like, oh, I got to add that to this topic. I'm like, oh, I'm going to add that too. And 
all of a sudden it's going to turn into something awesome. And then people are going to be going, no, did, you, did you see Justin? Did you, Jeremy? Oh my God. Jordan was awesome. I, I would be surprised if I got to that point. I know Andrew and I were kind of throwing some ideas around. I think we were planning to uh, put in a submission where the two of us will work together on a couple of them. Tag team? For now, uh, I, I think it's still new. And I don't want, I don't know if James listens. I don't want him to listen and get all excited and then we never follow through. I don't think his heart could take it. <laughs> we have to submit something. We have hey, to. I have to at least. You guys should look for the for the uh, PowerShell podcast, and he's shilling for the for the summit. So you know that's how it's going to go. Hey, we're shilling for the summit too. Have you heard us? <laughs> I, I did approach. Him, was like, hey, could we just do a podcast episode live as a session? And and uh, apparently that had been tried and it didn't go well. So. <laughs> So not this time, but we'll, we'll, the last one, you guys kind of, you know, did your own recordings and then you submitted after and kind of worked. And so you kind of, you interview people at the summit. So that was fun. Yeah. So we're going to definitely try to redo that again, where we just, uh, we got a couple of people just were live. And then we do, uh, we just hit up at the bar mm-hmm. at night and just post up and have people swing by and talk to us. And that was a lot of fun. So we got some sessions out of that. So we're, we're definitely going to be doing that again. But it's uh, just doing live as an actual session that apparently has been tried and is not not real successful. But maybe you guys can pull it off, though. I, I believe maybe. in me, and I, I'm saying this. There you go. If I'm saying it, it's got to mean something, right? Gosh, I'm just smiling. I'm excited. I want to say so much. Still nervous. <laughs> uh, it's exciting and nerve nerve wracking. I think that uh, we talked earlier to Michael Lombardi, and I think that those moments when you like confront your imposter syndrome and and push through things can often be where a ton of growth happens. You know, Jordan, maybe we pick a, a subject that is a little outside of our comfort zone, and going through the process, we end up learning a whole ton. It becomes a very gratifying experience, and then all of a sudden, we have this new kind of journey and ex- and perspective we can share with others. And who knows what it, what it could lead to. No, All kinds of fun stuff. There is that your topic or your talk can be about the discovery of looking for a topic. So I say that because my first talk of the PowerShell conference book, and I think I'm right back there if you're watching the video or whatever, is that was for a, a module that wasn't mine, but I thought that was really cool. So I messaged the, the owner of the module and said, hey, can I do a topic? Can I actually do a chapter in the PowerShell conference book about your stuff? And he goes, heck yeah. And that was my first, you know, iteration of actually writing something. And I thought it was a blast, but I learned so much. But it was my discovery of that product. I'm like, okay. And so that was this. It's like, hey, I used it. And so this is me showing you how I used it. That was the talk, effectively. It was granted a talk in a book, but that was the talk. And so that is actually a valuable talk. And so even people for the third chair, like, if you're looking for something, you could that talk can be, I'm going to basically tell you about this guy's module over there. That's okay. And it's, it, it is actually more valuable than that person actually giving the talk because they're going to show it from their own perspective versus the perspective of the actual community using that and like, oh, well, there it is in practical application. There's the use case. You're looking for why I would use this module. There it is. Question. What is this third chair thing you keep saying? I'm not familiar well, with that. I'm not talking to you guys here. I'm talking to the people who are you know listening to your podcast and I'm looking to the people who are on YouTube, you know, that, that third chair. Or we, okay. we, there's three of us here, so maybe it should be the fourth chair. Okay, I got so, you. I was thinking, third like, chair. am you I third, third chair? chair? Are you third chair? No, I'm not the third chair. You never okay. heard the third chair? I've never heard the third chair, man. You never heard it? It's like, like if you're having a conversation with, with the other party, 
somebody, you know, we're all here, you know, having a conversation, but then the person who's, you know, listening in from the outside. This is going to be the new yak shaving, something that, like I said, I had never heard, but then once I heard it, it started popping up everywhere. I'm just going to start seeing third chair everywhere now. Maybe, maybe it should be the fourth chair in this conversation, but like I listened to some other podcasts and, you know, there are just two of them and they always refer to the third chair. And so maybe that's, I just picked it up from them. So, I mean, now we're going to know your favorite podcast, but okay. But, you know, I call them our our beloved listeners or, you know, because we, 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 we actually have this conversation with each other, but the real value of bringing us together is having this conversation and sharing that conversation with the greater community. And this is really who we're talking to. And I want to kind of say, it's like, that's who I talk to. You know, we're having a conversation. I'm looking at you and a webcam and seeing that, but really ultimately that's who I want to talk to. I want to, you know, engage and I want it to, to encourage those who are listening and those who are watching to engage with the community ultimately. And that's really the, the magic and, you know, who you're shilling to. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I, and I think you guys are doing a great job. With it. It, it is a well-known fact that our listeners are the greatest listeners on the planet. So we probably should be including more because every single one of them, they're awesome. They are. Um, before this podcast started, you were talking to us about uh, sort of this and the PowerShell community. And, and you know, there's people who use PowerShell in many different ways. You've been mentioning security, DBAs, blah, blah, blah. It goes in completely different directions. And I think that one thing that we try and provide consistently to everyone is just that community voice, that connection, that shared experience of, hey, we're all learning new things. We're all probably making mistakes, hopefully. We're all, you know, kind of in this together and you're not potentially isolated at your work with people who don't maybe try and do things the most efficient way or whatever the case may be. Just kind of provide that, I guess, third chair, so to speak, voice. Well, and know that that you 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 don't need a big big platform to communicate and to and to share with those even beyond that is that it is as simple as meeting the person where they are and that single person and it could be a third chair where there's a bunch of people in that third chair or it's just that you know single person in the cube next to you that you know needs to hear that voice or a person across the you know the world in a podcast it's so funny to think that so long ago none of for my world at least none of this powershell stuff existed and now all of a sudden efficiency and growth and community is such a big part of my life um and this awesome powershell language and people like you who are passionate about it and kind of have had their lives impacted enough by it to feel passionate about you know spreading that forward and enhancing the community it's i did not think a career could be this fun in a certain way I honestly haven't felt like I've worked in years. I think it's more than a career. It's a passion, you know? So, you know, people have their own, you know, ideas of, you know, career. Like I think a lot of people or people in this community have said, you know, your job is not your career and your, your career is what you want it to be. And so I found passion in, you know, the community really. Actually, I think that's a good point. If I, if I had to do some self-reflection, like not so much. He's like, I really enjoy PowerShell. I enjoy the PowerShell community, and this idea that you know, truly, this community has been so open and willing to help each other, along with the idea that they will support and encourage and prop up and direct and sponsor each other beyond what you could possibly imagine in 
you know, rarely do you see people who do that. And and I want to encourage that more because you know, they're they're even people who are like, oh, they use PowerShell all the time. But some you know, I don't want to even demean like people who just, oh, single, you know, single line scripts, they they they're I'm a PowerShell guy. But weird, you know, are you engaging with the community? And that's what, you know, because I've touched that magic, like I you the drug is there and you you will feel it once you get engaged with that community and you can be there and you know come and come and i'll be your dealer this yeah, podcast but- is kind of all about that because andrew and i started this with just the two of us talking because we wanted to highlight different things in the community because we loved it and then as as we're going people within the community just wanted to join so it, our entire thing morphed from hey let's talk about some of the community to talking to the people of the community which i think is a big win for us but it's just because we want to talk about it and all of a sudden it was enthusiastically embraced by PowerShell community. And if, I don't know, sometimes it doesn't, it feels like uh, we get more support than I did not Andrew deserves, but I deserve, but I love that the, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. We started the entire thing because we love the community and then the community just stepped in and they make it great for us, which is awesome. And by drugs, we mean chemicals that are already present in your body. Just heads up. Uh, <laughs> FDA, hey, we're talking serotonin. Endorphins are drugs, serotonin, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it, is, it, sure. is, it is, we are, we are a medical, we are a, a chemical body, you know, you need your glucose, you need your, you know, you need those vitamin A, vitamin Bs, they are chemicals. That's right, man. Spitting science facts. There you go. With the PowerShell podcast. Those are what I meant too. We're going to talk about keto acids doses next, folks. <laughs> I need my carbs. Yeah, I think that one thing that we kind of like, at least that I like, is practicing what we preach, Jordan. So, you know, we talk about community involvement while we're here every week. (laughs) Hello. Yeah, so we we don't have to submit for summer because we're covered. We've done it. I I think we have done enough, to be honest, to not have to, but (laughs) I definitely... I use that as used to not do a bunch of talks for my user group, though, is that like, I already... I'm, I'm talked out. No, we... I don't know. We've been talking. We're, we're gonna we're gonna submit. I say we. I say we. I'm, I'm locking Andrew in with me because I'm too big of a coward to do it alone. Continue well, to. Well, you know me. what? We can say thank you to Phil for for creating this, and thank you to our listeners for listening through this decision making process. Yeah, we're there. <laughs> yeah, and like engage me to do it too. I got to find a topic that I want to talk about. So yeah. Well, I think are, are we almost to as uh, we used to call them consistent questions, but speaking of user input, uh, Jess Promfrey, who was one of our first ever guests, says, why aren't you calling those common parameters, which was the best title for, for consistent questions ever. So now, are you ready, Phil, for common parameters, the most intense questioning you'll ever go through in your life? All right, here we go. Knees, knees are going, knees are going. I'm not cool. shit, I get you. I, and, and I mean, if any one of these feel too tough, you can back out at any point. Mm. Number one, though, uh, what's one time something went wrong while on the job? How did you handle it, and what did you learn? Um, I, I thought some a little bit about this idea of that you know what something went wrong, and is I can't remember just one thing that went wrong, but the idea is admitting your mistake and immediately owning it, and so and that was a lesson that you know is as when you. And I'm, I'm working in an IT world, and so you know things are going to go bad, and things are going to go bad wrong. Can go bad really wrong, but as soon as you own it, 
is the the and if you own it with integrity you, it's never as bad as i thought it would going to be like holy he's like holy i just messed that up like oh i you know what this is where it is and i just have to own it and all right this is what happened and this is how i mitigate the problem and so i can even think of a recent thing where hey yeah you know went out to uh 1800 people and they now need to rebuild all their their, their uh meetings yeah 1800 people <laughs> so like it's just what it is like hey with the information i had this is these are the actions i've taken i can stand behind it but well, with the information i had this is what happened like all right well how do we resolve it all right so then we went through the thing oh 1800 affected 1800 people all right well then over some time how many people is it truly affecting oh only 600 I'm like all right so we only have to fix 600 of them of the 800 I'm like all right but we went through the process of mitigating that problem not like mitigating but but owning it figuring out the resolution going through that and so so long as you own it appropriately and you can go through it and so that's really kind of like what did you learn from it is i continuously learn this idea of own the work that you do and not just like oh it's 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 not me or whatever like no you own it so as far as problems at that point and even you can relate that to your own life at this point is you screw up you screw up but you know just own it. it it's uh my belief has always been if you make a mistake if you admit to it and are part of the solution you're fine if you lie about it and try to hide it that's you that's when you get fired well yeah you can't own it yeah, yeah. if you're if you if you don't own it you can't you know admit that it happened or even try to hide it or even try to deflect and like oh that you know it was somebody else's re you know i it only happened because this person did that Look, you actually did the work they could have you know encouraged you to do it but you still did it yeah. So I would say if someone wrote something that wiped out all of my meetings, that's not a mistake. That's a feature. <laughs> it's not so much that the meetings were gone. It's just nobody could call into them. Oh, okay. Oh, so they still got the alerts? Oof. Yeah. You try and join a meeting. They go, no, that meeting doesn't exist anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, all right. You, you crushed it. You're yeah. doing good, but it's about to get more intense. All right. Here we go. All right, question two. With what you know now, what is one tip you would give your younger self? My younger self would simply be continue to learn is, is really, uh, but I think I've done that the whole time is, is that, is that it will always be okay if you continue to learn what that, that thing is. And so don't ever stop learning or think that, that you're done is that, you know, you're going to continue to go is that, you know, when I was young, actually, as I'm talking about this, I think one of the. The other points is that, you know, I think one person, you know, many, many years ago, and I think I even told them at one point was put yourself in check is, you know, you may think that, you know, you know, some stuff, but you know what, you don't need, you, how do I say this? Is that now I feel like I'm like talking to a therapist, but <laughs> the, this idea that, uh, you know, when I was younger, I thought, I knew what I knew and you couldn't tell me otherwise is that I needed to rely upon others to, to get through things. And it's okay to do that is to admit that, you know, you need others help and you can rely upon others and, you know, without cursing, like I'm, I'm, I'm the stuff, you know, and don't tell me anything otherwise, but then I needed some people to come back and tell me that, you know, you are not the stuff you think, you know, some stuff, but you can just sit down there little boy. And so, you know, it took a long time for me to, to be humble in that fashion. And so I thank those people that, you know, certainly did that. And right on you, Patrick.
Dang, we're going deep. There's some Killing lessons it. to Dude, learn. I told you, oh when, when you said before, I'm like, man, it feels like interview questions, you know, like job interview questions. Like, hey, you're hired, Phil. Welcome. I love it. This is fun. I, I just, you know, I'm just opening up to you guys. I'm opening up to the third chair because, you know, that's where it is. You know, <laughs> this, is, this is about, you know, being your best self to the community and to being yourself to, you know, the world because that is, you know, PowerShell has helped me so much over, over the years and, and, not so much like it helped me financially. Like, yeah, you, if you love it, it you, you know, things will happen for you. And that's really, I think you, the people have said, like, hey, you know, you said it before many times in PowerShell of the Sacred Ballast. You learn this and you will, you do well. And if you put the, put in the effort, it will come back to you. And it has for me. And so I'm just super happy for it. And kind of, it's really close to my heart. It's, it's, my first thought was, what would it be like to have that kind of confidence? But and now that I think about it, I've actually went through a phase where I believed I was untouchable in IT, and that's a dangerous place to be. That's that's when you get question one: was when did you make a mistake? Yeah, and then you could you know, if you if you really are true with yourself, then you go, how many? How long are we going to sit here? Because you want you want to be tell me all the things I can do wrong, and all right, let's go. <laughs> so it's fun. Are you ready for the third common third parameter? Part. Yes. All right. Uh, what are three of your favorite modules? Three of my favorite modules. Certainly, you got to say, you know, import Excel, just because, you know, it can do magic. Um, then another one that's not very well known, but it's PowerShell Access Control. And it is a written by Ron Edwards. And it's effectively now, it's like really old, but it is magic. And people, it is used to, excuse me, control, access control, access lists, access control lists. So, you know, ACs, ACEs and access control lists, but you can use that to control file permissions, service permissions, registry permissions. And so everything inside the Windows environment is has an ACE on it. And so you can control services. Hey, who owns this service? What service can do this? Also, um, years and years ago at um, PowerShell Summit 2015, he gave a talk on it and I was actually there and I was like, holy moly, this is freaking awesome. And so I've been using it ever since then. And I just use it less nowadays, but when you need that tool, it comes along. And I certainly want to advocate for that module much more than is out there. It's PowerShell access, PowerShell access control. And especially the idea that, hey, you can go get file permissions on stuff. Now there are some stuff to do file permissions other than they're more popular, but I like this one because of just how it's running. So it really helps me with, you know, getting ACLs and setting ACLs and reprovisioning, repermissioning objects, especially, you know, because some of the work I do is like file server stuff. So that. And then the third, actually, I couldn't think of a third. And what I actually think is the third module is PowerShell itself and like the help and all the things that it can do inside the inside the box is really that's the like, hey, what module do you use the most? And I thought about it, I'm like, I use core, like the core systems itself. You know, and that's what I use the most out of everything is the fact that, hey, I'm I'm piping this to that. And I, you should see some of my, you know, one liners because I actually like the console itself and I live within the console. And so people are like, hey, I want to live in ISE and they're writing scripts at the top and they run it. Like I'm actually down in the console, like one line of boom. It goes along many, many lines because I'm piping to this, the pipe to that, pipe to that, to the where and this and an outgrid view with the pass through and a T object and like all these things. Like those aren't really external modules like OutgridView. You should definitely be using OutgridView. OutgridView has actually passed through. So you can OutgridView and then keep on going. 
You can do T object. You can take it and send it into a variable, throw it out and keep on going. You can do where object. Now for each can do parallelism. Like there's all this stuff. It's all ingrained. And so the third module is PowerShell itself. So Good. that's my thought. Not PS Readline for a console guy. <laughs> yes, but I, I actually, it's weird. I, I, I consider that part of the core. It's, it's like inbox. Like how about that? So it's, yeah. it's inbox. It's inbox now. Before, I guess it would have called it, but I didn't use it until it was inbox. So to that point, like I'd never used PS Readline until it came in box. So, and then nice. at that point, it's just all this thing. The moment you said out grid view with pass through, Michael, you've got Andrew's attention. That's his baby. He loves it. Yeah. <laughs> and when the weird thing about out grid view, and I didn't know, like when I first did it, I was using it for, for a long time. And then it was, it only came to me and I realized it after I did, did something is out grid view with pass through. And if you're selecting the, the items, you go, the order in which you select is how it comes back out. If you didn't know that. So if you're selecting, you know, hey, select from the from bottom to the top, you get that. If you want to select things in order, that's what will come out the pipeline in the reverse order. So you can actually outgrid you and select the items you want and come out that way too. So it's just an interesting thing I never thought, well, when I was first doing it, never saw it. And then one day I was like, oh, there's an order here. And then it just came out that way. I'm like, all right, so now I, I expressly choose the items I want to in that order if I need to. Otherwise, I don't really care. Yeah. We mentioned, in my opinion, two really good tricks today. Calculated properties, super awesome. And outgrid view, and then the pass-through parameter. To me, it's just so cool. Anytime you're getting out of the console to do something and you can see that impact, and if it's as easy as one command, like you just, it's so cool. Uh, especially if yeah. someone's newer, like to take where they are and then just add that capability to it, kind of have like a GUI sort of thing. Super mm -hmm. sick. Love those tips. Yeah, and then you can get back into the console. So it's one of these things where, hey, I just have a GUI, and then it just dumps it nowhere. I'm like, no, but I want to pass through to get me back into the console, back into the pipeline, back into like, hey, import Excel, back into you know whatever you're going to, or you're writing to a file, or you're writing to a CSV, you're you know doing a REST method call. It's fun. Yeah. It's good for so many things. Anytime you need to like manually put your eyes on something, uh, it's it's quite nice yeah. to select. Or you can just validate what you get. You know, so many times, hey, I'm going to import from some file and then to outgrid view it. Like, Is that what I thought it was? I'm like, no, okay. Or I just wanted like, hey, I want to take this entire file, but I only want to select the first two of them just because I'm yep. testing, quote unquote. You're know, like, hey, like because we did something else. We're like, hey, we're fixing something, and I, I did it on the first two, and it worked. And then you hit enter and 3700. And like, okay, it's still running. I hope it's still running. I hope I didn't just break, you know, 3700 accounts. I hope so. so. Yep. So it's fun. Well, it's clear to me that uh, you studied up. You were prepared for common parameters. You you knew what was coming. You you uh, you attacked it and uh, you learned some things. I did. I did. Well, not so much that I learned it. I you know you just once you once you're in the community you know it just. It, it, it exudes, you know, what it, what you are and how PowerShell can be. So be fun. And hopefully, you know, for those who are listening in the third chair, the fourth chair, you know, One of those in, chairs. Uh, couch, in, in, in the, uh, the love seat, you know, in the back room, in mom's basement is, uh, is that this is PowerShell is open to you and PowerShell can help you and PowerShell, the community is there to support you. And, you know, Jordan and Andrew doing a phenomenal job. And I think the community overall, you know, PowerShell.org, 
PowerShell, you know, Discord people are out there. You know, Twitter, talk on Twitter. There's a uh, PS chat. You know, those, those are all these things where you can simply get a ton of content and be a user group. You know, I don't necessarily like to shell for my group, but there are user groups out there and be the community. That's usually some of the things that you see, you look on Twitter, like usually when I'm posting stuff, like me, like, it's like be the community. It's like, you can, you are the community. People are like, oh, well, should I, you know, people, these are the, the people who are really big in the PowerShell community. That's you. That is truly you. Like you are the community. So like, I can't be the community without you. And I need you to be, be who you are and give me in, you give, I need you to come back to me. So kind of an interesting thing. We need, we need you to engage with the, the PowerShell podcast. We need to engage with, you know, the group, you know, certainly give your five stars, right? <laughs> you know, you're, you're encroaching on the territory of a legend right now. I know, I know. I'm trying, I'm trying. So I'm, I'm, I know what it is. I've, I've listened to you guys enough that I think I'm like, you know, I can do that one day. Maybe one day I'll podcast just like you guys and you guys can, you know, pass the torch. <laughs> well, while we're here, did you know the odds of winning Powerball is one in 292 million? That's it. But there are... 7.8 billion people on the planet and Andrew is one of one when it comes to the ability to shill, which means you are more likely to win five consecutive Powerballs than get the privilege to listen to one Andrew Claw <laughs> shill our product. And you, Phil, get a front row seat to watch this astronomical event unfold before us. Take it away, Andrew. Well, I'm nervous. Okay. Uh, I think I might be winning the lottery. I don't know. Uh, hello. Welcome to the shill of the ride. The power shill, if you will. Um, and shout out to at power shill, who's a real person. Um, thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, consider yourself a friend of the show, like Phil Bossman. If you liked what you heard and haven't yet, leave us a five-star review. If you are watching on YouTube, drop a like and tell us what your favorite module is in the comments. You can email us at PowerShell at PDQ.com or on Twitter at PowerShellPod if you have any feedback, thoughts, really anything. We'd love to hear from you. Andrew, the, I, I can't even see the bar anymore. You've raised it so high, and yet you still raise the bar of shilling every week. It is, it is a real privilege to watch you work. Yeah, it's all the prep I put into this. Uh, thank you to deserving MVP candidate Phil Bossman. I appreciate your honesty, vulnerability, and for sharing your perspective with us. Um, I really appreciate the message about people getting involved in the community. Uh, if people are interested in reaching out to you, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, reach hold me um, on uh, Twitter. I'm on my at schlog. People are like, what the heck is that? S-C-H-L-A-U-G-E. And again, find me drinking. I'll give you this whole story about why. I go by Schlag. I also have a pod, uh, you see me a webpage called schlag.com. I haven't posted there in years. Um, but it's so funny. It's like, I'll, I just use that. For, I, years ago, I'd use that to just to like tell myself about, you know, modules that I used to use. So I still use it every once in a while just to, hey, I need to go get that piece of code that I wrote. Like, let me go grab that website. But that's the only thing that's there. There's not much there. But uh, I eventually will, you know, you guys keep saying you should start, you know, blogging and, uh, Eventually, I'll listen to you guys and you know make it make it happen. Amazing! Thank you so much. Thank you again, Phil. This was fantastic. Yes, it's been fun. I, I had a great time, man. And so, yeah, I'm being as vulnerable as I can. You know, as you guys just are the are the greatest hosts, and uh, you know, just make everybody feel comfortable. 
feel I can, you know, enjoy myself with you guys. So, you know, I really appreciate it. It's been fun. It's been a blast. Thanks for listening to the PowerShell Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Blah, 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 blah. The PowerShell Podcast is a production of PDQ.com.